was a dark and stormy night when three bros decided to get together in a closet and record. But little did they know that they were not alone. The ghosts of the past characters they had put down were none too happy to be replaced and forgotten. And tonight, under the power of the full moon and the electric hum of the microphone, they would make their attack. The bros had prepared for a night like this, though, and they had fortified their recording closet with spirit blankets woven out of the silvering hair of Mr. Fredrickson from, from up, <clears throat> and wild stallions. They had also been taking massive amounts of vitamin K over the past month, which everyone knows stands for vitamin kill all fictional spirits hunting you and your friends before they even get within five feet of you pills. They did not know when the spirits would strike, but they were ready and kept recording. This is that recording. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, you can do you want to keep that no, or do you, you want that to be inside? No, yeah, I can be in, but you okay. can fade the crackling now. Okay. So... Welcome to the Popular Apocrypha Podcast, uh, Spoopy Edition. It's October, people, which means we got to capitalize on that spoopy energy floating in the air. Today, I'm joined by Tyler Reed, a paranormal investigator centralized in southern Texas, focusing in the art of contacting spirits through gastrointestinal distress. Mm. Me. Me. <laughs> and, uh, and Nick Bates, an exorcist who has developed the passive-aggressive ignorance method of cleansing the house of spirits. Uh, the catchphrase of his company is, quote, you hate to be ignored? So do the spirits. <laughs> I can't argue with that. <laughs> and uh, I'm Riley. Uh, I'm haunted by my past. Um, oh, today... No. Also me. <laughs> today we are focusing on the Headless Horseman. But before we get to him, let's start with a little game. It's called Debate. Uh, the two contestants, so uh, in this case it's going to start off with Nick and Tyler, are going to name a person or an object. They both have to name a person if they if they pick a person, and they both have to pick an object if they pick an object, just to keep it fair. Then, the other contestant will remove something from that other person's object. Now, working with the new object that's missing something about itself, the two contestants must debate which would win in a contest of blank, with blank being decided by the judge, so that'll be me this first round, after the objects have been chosen, but before they take away their key part that they choose. Sweet. Clear as mud? Clear as yes. All right. Are we ready? Sure. Why not? So, let's go ahead and do an object. Okay. I'm ready. Go ahead. A toaster. Lasagna. Oh, wow. A toaster and lasagna. Cool. Um, who would win in a contest of... Flight. 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 <laughs> okay. And it's it's unassisted flight. Okay. So neither is the correct answer. Well, one could one any could, assistance. One might fly more than the other. Without um, any assistance. It goes to your debate skills. I'm going to take away the binding agents in the lasagna to make it fall apart. I mean, doesn't all lasagna fall apart anyway? I mean, not what? If you, not if you what, make it right, Tyler. Binding not agent? if you make it right, Tyler. I can't think of a binding agent. Cheese. Yeah, I guess kinda. Gravity. Mainly gravity. Gra- so you're, you're taking away <laughs> gravity. I'm taking you and removing gravity from your lasagna. Thank you. You're I welcome. Win. All right, now remove <laughs> gravity from my toaster, please. <laughs> what are you taking away from the toaster? Uh. 
being little. So it's a big toaster. <laughs> it's a massive toaster. Well, I was thinking the little toaster. The brave little could. toaster. Yeah, it's brave, brave little toaster. The brave little toaster. The little thing that could. The little was a thing. Train. Yeah, that's a train. That's something else. Uh, so we're right? gonna take. Uh, I'll, I'll revise it. I'll revise it and say I'm gonna take away bravery from your toaster. Oh man. So. So I got a scared toaster. <laughs> Who would win in a contest of flight? Between a scared Between toaster and, and a gravity, gravity lasagna. free lasagna. <laughs> Pretty sure the Probably lasagna wins. Probably gravity free lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can debate my way out of this one. <laughs> All I'm going to say is, since that contest is over, you could have gone the route of flight as in run away, and your toaster's really scared. Nah, I'm not that smart. <laughs> um, Who do you think we are, Riley? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> You're my friends. Oh. Um, Tyler, do you want to be the judge? Okay. So right. me and Nick? I want... Uh, I want people. I do. Okay. Um, I pick uh, Liam Neeson. Jennifer Lawrence. In a contest of uh, uh, The Great British Bake Off. Ooh. I'm taking away Liam's hands. <laughs> <laughs> I am taking away Jennifer Lawrence's brain. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> Well, okay. So Liam Neeson could still use his stubs. Uh, no. Yeah. I mean, yes, he could tape <laughs> things to his arms, but also he uses, or he uses teeth mm-hmm. and prosthetics. Mm-hmm. Also, he has a commanding voice, and he could tell people what to do. Right. For him. Right. What is Jennifer Lawrence going to do with no brain? With no brain. She's going to be dead. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the only thing I can think of is. That someone helps shovel her into the oven, and they just make a Jennifer Lawrence cake. Uh, I mean, that was probably the only way that you could. That's the only way I can really go here. But also, ooh, the cringe. So Tyler, <laughs> how is cringing? Um, you're the you're the judge here. At the end of the day, wins at the Great British Bake Off. Well, the, what truly wins is the food, and so I have to go with Nick because he. Boom! Jennifer Lawrence cake beats handless Liam Neeson all day. <laughs> so it's not as much about you being the victor in the Great British Bake Off, mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. from what I've watched multiple seasons of. Yeah, it's about the food. the food. It's all about making the good food. So, um, and uh, a follow up question for you, Nick. Though, what kind of what kind of quality on a scale of one to ten is this Jennifer Lawrence dish cake? You know. Um, it's going to fall down to the temperature of the oven. And okay, getting if, technical with yeah, it. Yeah, okay. if, they, if they set the temp right, then it could probably hit like a nine. Okay. Are you both okay? But if the temp is setting correctly, <laughs> it's probably going to be closer to a six. I mean, six is a six. That's not terrible. Six is a six. So, okay. We here at Popular Apocrypha incredibly support and endorse no. cannibalism. No. 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 At all Although, times, eat your friends. No. What? <laughs> Although auto cannibalism. I was about to ask that. Entirely different. Eat yourself. Yeah. I chew on my nails all the time. Is that more okay, listen. unethical? Next contest. <laughs> <laughs> Nick is the judge. I'm the judge and I want items. Items? Items. Um, I pick a wheat penny. Okay. A what? A wheat penny. I don't know what that is. It's really, really old pennies that were actually made with copper instead of like this zinc, whatever. It's it's a coin collecting thing. You wouldn't get it. No, I yeah, wouldn't. only cool kids. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler. Okay, um, I'm gonna go with uh, Harry Potter's wand. 
Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. Who would win America's Next Top Model? Um, I take away Harry Potter's wand's slenderness. Ooh, it's okay, now that, a okay. tree trunk. Plus size models are in now, Riley? That's not what I... Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're getting really controversial. First, we're killing off Jennifer Lawrence. No, 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 no. She's been baked into a cake. It doesn't mean she's dead. What? Anyway, and then... Okay, and then... Don't look at me like that. Uh, I'm going to take away your value. <laughs> <laughs> the value of a penny? Okay. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, Tyler. Also, that just seemed like a really like mean thing to say, and I couldn't resist. <laughs> your value. <laughs> taking me back. So, when I, the, I would argue the penny is still shiny. Okay. And okay. in a top model thing... It's like, what's the most eye-catching? And I'm going to say that the wand is still a magical wand, and it can end up being or making whatever magic When wielded by someone. But well, currently it's just of. sitting there. Currently it's a tree. Yeah, well, it's a log. So and people find beauty wands in nature. Wands have inherent magical qualities as well as being ser- serving as a channel, a conduit. So... I would argue that there are magical properties in the wand and that those could result in unpredictable benefits or consequences. All right, nerd. Whatever. But mine's prettier. Yeah? Shinier. Yeah, on the surface. (laughs) Yeah? I'm calling it a draw. Okay. (laughs) Sure. Hey, hey, who's the judge here? You are. are. That's what I thought. Yep. Yep. It's the only power you get this game. It's the only power I get (laughs) all day. Um... Okay, so I think that was a good game to Can help. Can we do one with all three of us, and we're all the judge? We're all How the judge. How does that work? Uh, like if we all like we all do objects, okay, and then okay. we all have to unanimously agree what wins, and objects. then the person to our left uh, will take away from the other person. Okay, I'm okay. Just, and I'm just trying, seeing, in, it, seeing if it'll work. In what? Or we'll decide the contest later. Right. Okay. All right. So I pick. A used Band-Aid. I pick a Schwinn bicycle. I pick a wet blanket. And Why is it wet? Don't ask questions. Okay. Yeah, that's not part of the game, Riley. Come Fair. on. Fair. Uh, at least not yet. Not and, yet. Uh, you're the host, so what's the contest? Uh, in a contest... Of wits. Sure. <laughs> contest so, of wits. A bicycle, a wet blanket... Uh-huh. And a used, used band-aid. band-aid. And Tyler, I take away the wheels. Okay. Nope, I take away the frame. <laughs> just, <laughs> so you got just wheels. wheels. <laughs> Two wheels. Just wheels and a bell. Yeah. <laughs> ding, ding. Um, and for the wet blanket, I'm going to take away the... I'm, I'm tempted to take away just the wet. Just take so away just the blanket. wet. So it's just a blanket. But... I think instead I'm going to take away the uh, softness. So it's, so it's a hard blanket. It's a, it's a rough mm. A rough blanket, not blanket. a hard blanket. Not a hard Once wet, now crusty. Right. Well, no, it's, not, it's oh. not hard. It's wet and rough. Right. Oh, like wool. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Riley, for your used Band-Aid, I am going to take away the... 
absorbing fabric. <laughs> so it's just a elastic strip. <laughs> <laughs> okay. With a bit of blood and pus caked on blood it. Blood and pus. <laughs> um, I mean, come on, science. Science? Why did you say that? Are you okay? He said, come on, science. And I said, science. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, in, in, in a contest of wits, I think that, honestly, the blanket. I think the blanket wins. I think the blanket wins. How? It's funny. It's cool. It's funny to me. It's a, a rough, wet <laughs> blanket. Also, I'm a wet blanket in a figurative sense, and mm. so I understand that sense of humor. Yeah. <clears throat> I was actually describing Tyler. Um, and so Tyler I'm, wins in a, in a game of wits. For sake of time's sake, I'm moving on. <laughs> blanket no, wins. Blanket wins. The blanket wins. Blanket wins. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. All right, moving on. Democracy so, wins. <laughs> wins. Today. Conceding wins. <laughs> um, As democracy does. The Headless Horseman. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so the Headless Horseman has been a part of European folklore since at least the Middle Ages. Um, traditionally, he's depicted as a man on a horse who's missing his head. Um, in some legends, he's actually carrying his head, but in other legends, he's missing it entirely, and he's he's searching for his head or a new head. Um, in some of the popular... Um, Halloween portrayals, he's often carrying a jack-o'-lantern or, or something of the like. However, again, it varies across the board. Uh, usually this is drawn from the most famous short story about the Headless Horseman, which is The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, written in 1820 by Washington Irving. So because that's the most famous legend, we'll talk a little bit about the Headless Horseman as he appears in American folklore. However, he actually, as a character, appears in multiple different cultures in various different iterations. So in the American folklore, he's again from The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, written by Washington Irving. Um, he has basically a... He's in Sleepy Hollow, New York, uh, during the American Revolutionary War. He was, in this version of the tale, a Hessian artilleryman who was killed during the Battle of White Plains in 1776. And in that battle... He was just full-on decapitated by a cannonball. Just, like, headshot with a cannonball, which I think is impressive, but also terrifying. It's pretty gnar, dude. Yeah. Like, well, to have no other damage other than just your head is gone. Anyway, his head was blown to bits, and his uh, brethren carried him to safety, where they eventually buried him in the old Dutch church of Sleepy Hollow, from which every Halloween night he arises to seek his lost head. Um, in Irish folklore, he's actually referred to as, I'm going to really butcher this, but it's a, a Dullahan, I think is, is how I pronounce it, which translates to dark man. He's a headless demonic fairy, usually riding a horse and carrying his head under his inner lower thigh. Um, go figure how that looks or works on a horse. And sometimes he holds it up really high so he can see over short things. Um, which which I would do too if if I could. Also, in this version, he has a whip. It's made... in front of his knee. It's in front of his knee on the saddle. Yeah, it'd be in front of his knee. Ah, uh, okay. So he's like, he's doing that uh, POV view of like Grand Theft Auto when it does that crazy cinematic <laughs> yeah, angle where it's down at the tire. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. That that seems super. But with a horse. But with a horse <laughs> and dirt being flung <laughs> yes, up. And, yeah. Man, yeah. Now I want horses in Grand Theft Auto. Fair. I'm sure it's there. It's coming. I mean, that's, as a mod, sure. Anyway. Um, Tyler, that is Red Dead Redemption. But 
Boom. Anyway, so he also, in this version of the story, his main weapon is a whip made from human spines. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) Yeah. When he stops writing, uh, the Dullahan pronounces a name from his severed head, that person instantly dies. What? Like, do they have to be there? No. He calls out a name, at which point the person immediately dies. So every Halloween, there's definitely one. In the Dullahan story, I didn't read up if if he comes out on Halloween. It might be more of a a banshee thing where it's kind of... Mm. Whenever the spirits align or whatever. Feeling like it. Yeah. Whenever uh, someone's about to die anyway. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> um, a grim reaper. He, he doesn't want to inconvenience anyone. No, of course not. <laughs> it's just to show up when somebody's already dying. The politest ghost ever. <laughs> are, are you... Are, okay. Is it okay yeah. if I... Oh, okay, cool. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> um, in another version of the Irish folklore, he's actually a headless driver that's driving a black carriage. So he's got multiple different iterations. And in the Irish story, he's frightened away by gold. So... On that yeah, one. Interesting. Leprechauns are your best friend. Mm-hmm. In the in British folklore, he's still a headless horseman, um, and he actually has a bit more backstory in terms of who he actually was. Uh, that like who he was and and what killed him and how that led to everything. He's just more fleshed out in the British tale, but it's really boring and really similar to the American tale, just with more details. In German folklore, it's drawn heavily from the Brothers Grimm tales. Um, and actually, there's there's a couple of eyewitness accounts of the German headless horseman. Um, basically, there's one tale of an old lady going out into the forest to get some acorns or whatever she's getting. She hears a hunting horn. It ends up being the headless horseman. The headless horseman's horse tramples her, and then he kills her. Uh, the other version in the German tale is the headless horseman actually sounds his horn and warns hunters that it's not a good day to go hunting. That if you hear his horn and you go hunting, there will be an accident. So that tale is more cautionary and kind of leading into the more cautionary stuff. And actually, all the way over in India, in Indian folklore, uh, this version of the Headless Horseman actually is seen as a heroic, benevolent figure. Um, He's born out of a violent and wrongful death that occurred because he was protecting innocence. And basically it's used as a way of honoring really, really great warriors that basically says... They died while defending the innocents, and they cared so much about defending them that even when their head was cut off, they didn't stop. Like, so that's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. So I, I think that the headless horseman is interesting in that there's um, versions of him throughout different cultures. Yeah. Right. But also, even within cultures, like within the American culture, there's even different artistic representations, iterations, ideas of what he is exactly. Right. So I think there's a lot of ways we can go. Yeah. I think it's almost kind of um, illustrative or cool that even other cultures, whether or not they're drawing from, probably not, but whether or not they're drawing from American um, origin stories. British, maybe. Or British. Um, they're well, doing something with it. It's it's cool because it, it's it sounds a lot like um, a lot of different creatures and things that travel through mythology. Um, I did or archetypes. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I did a lot of research in um, my first couple of years of college around this subject specifically of, of the idea of um, the link between different creatures in different mythologies. Mm. And like the like one of the biggest easiest links to find is the giant bird, right? Who takes different forms here and there but typically takes the form of the phoenix 
Or like the Thunderbird. Or the Indian Rock. Yep. And, yep. And so. Um, or like, Native American, excuse yes, me. Yes, yes. And so, like you'll see typically toward the Asia's, it's, or the Asian continents and area over there, it's um, more of the Phoenix and the and the beautiful bird. And as you, as you travel more west, you'll find it's more of just a giant eagle. And as you hit the Americas, it's the Thunderbird or the Rock, the two-headed eagle or, or things like that. And so, um, I mean, the same can be said with, with vampires, mm-hmm. with um, a lot of were creatures, with... Yep. Um, the undead. The undead. Or like um, big hairy uh, humanoids mm-hmm. are... You can find a, a hairy humanoid creature in pretty much every mythology in one way or another, um, whether it takes the form of like the Yeti, Bigfoot, um, Yogwai, anything yeah. like that. I think what's what's fascinating, equal parts fascinating and terrifying is that no matter where you are in the world, there's a version of this thing that everyone kind of brings up, mm-hmm. right? Which is, like I said, equal parts fascinating and terrifying that there's a string that we can pull across and see commonalities. Mm-hmm. So to to start with the Headless Horseman, our version of the Headless Horseman, yeah. um, I think it would be would be good to keep a perhaps open mind about what all cultures uh, turn him into, mm-hmm. but also not feeling necessarily bound to one culture's backstory or interpretation, right? I think this is a really cool character in that we can make our own origin and our own kind of how he plays out while also keeping true to the string we find throughout cultures. Um, I kind of wanted to start off by maybe posing that Though the Headless Horseman is scary, I think something that we can talk about to begin is the fact that he's a bit dated in terms of reachability, Mm. right? Because we ride around in cars instead of horses now, or walk places on foot when something coming at you on a horse would be more frightening, right? Um, Also, rural forests and the dirt roads that accompany them are now few and far between. So he maintains his scariness currently because he cuts your head off, right? right. I feel like that severing blow is really terrifying because right. we don't really know, like, it's a quick death. It's a weird death. Like, I think that kind of gets a guttural, visceral reaction that's terrifying. But also, maybe it is the fact that he's not so reachable that keeps him scary, right? Is that, oh, when I'm in my car, I am safe. But when I go and visit my great grandpappy out in the woods and I'm walking down the road to go get water or whatever, like eh, that's, that's unknown. That's scary. Right. So maybe to talk a little bit about, is it the lack of reachability that's making, that's keeping him scary and that we might want to keep in the story? Or is it, do we want more reachability that he could affect more people? Right. Uh, I was like, something that just, just clicked with me real quick when you mentioned the, the horse thing was, I wonder if there's a connection between the Headless Horseman and uh, Marvel's Ghost Rider. Yeah. Right. Actually, there's a... So in the research, there's a... Excuse me. A modern take on uh, the Headless Horseman. It's not Marvel, um, but I believe it's a TV show. I'm trying to remember in my research, but he... uh, There's people that take a certain type of drug, and they go into this dream world, and it's a headless motorcycle rider that chases them. 
And if they've sinned, then he chases them. So it's like Ghost Rider. Right. But also... But also not quite Ghost Rider. Right. <laughs> so, you know... is it? It's not supernatural, is it? I don't think so. It Let me look it up me. really quick. But anyway, continue with what you were saying. Um, yeah, I... It's I a comic book. Comic book series Chopper. Never heard of it. Modern day reimagining of the Headless Horseman. He's a headless outlaw biker on a motorcycle who collects the souls of sinners. I like it, actually. But he's <laughs> not Ghost Rider. Right. He's not Ghost Rider, but he is. Yeah. Um, no flames. You know, I think I think what makes him scary is is that, that fear of the unknown, you know? Um, that, that fear that we have naturally of what we don't understand, you know? And like a lot of times that can come from the noises you hear in the woods at night. Like you said, when you're out visiting your great grandpappy, and um, you was well, as, as city slickers too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. city <laughs> slickers. As a city slicker shape, <laughs> um, you know, as 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 you're out in the dark, or you're you're out in the woods, or you're camping, or whatever you may. may whoa, the stutters are real tonight, boys. Um, whatever you may be doing, um, those noises that you hear out and about that you can't um, put your finger on and be like, this is what that is. Like, I think that's where that fear comes mm-hmm. from. And so, I mean, that fear of, like, the headless horseman, that noise that you hear in the wood, the hooves moving through, like, a deer running by can sound very much like a horse. Oh, yeah. You know? And so, I think it's that, the idea of what if it's not a deer. Right. You know? Like, that what if, like, I don't know what that noise is. I think I think that's what gives him his his scare is... That unknown, that what if, you know? I personally, I like the historicity of the Headless Horseman. I love all these H words. It's great. Headless Horseman. Historicity. historicity. What does that great. mean? Uh, the historical background okay. of, cool. of the Headless Horseman. Uh, but I was listening to you, and maybe it, it, it there's another one that I w- I'm curious about if there, if there is. Um, a uh, French Revolution background. Because oh, like headless because of uh because of the like the the, the times of the guillotine and mm. the, the I'm trying to remember what they call it the the red something I don't I don't remember off the top of my head red wedding nope no. nope <laughs> that's, that's something different. no 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 but when the when the uh, the common people or whatever uh, took over and and butchered the uh, aristocracy of of uh, Paris and other. Um, across France, and uh, I mean, I think it'd be cool if uh, if that was like the the true origin or whatever of right. the headless horseman or our was, version or, or our version of. I the really enjoy that backstory. I, I think that's awesome. Especially what I was thinking of is I like that the the headless horseman primarily exists um, uh, in out out in the countryside or out in the woods or out in small towns, and it's. It's out in these places that, yeah, there's, yeah, for sure, there's people around and you're there or whoever's there. And there's, it's not like it's super isolated. It's not like it's up on a mountaintop or whatever. But it's enough that it's it's familiar but not, not familiar enough. It's, right. um, it's just a little bit too unknown in that sense. And I like that with the Headless Horseman, um, some, some of the backgrounds, like you were saying, he's not... Uh, necessarily evil. It's a, some other purpose or drive is forcing him or causing him to 
act out in certain ways. Yeah. Um, I like I like that because it adds a level of uh, unpredictability that I think is kind of cool. I, I really liked the the idea of, of he blows his horn when it's a bad day to go hunting. Yeah. You know? Give a little things, bit of caution. Things like that, yeah. Like, what if, what if the Headless Horseman, as, like, a person, a former human being, per mm-hmm. se... Like, what if that person still kind of has control, but not fully control right. over themselves? Uh, okay, so I think the a good way to, to be, like, to put this story together is let's start with the background. Okay. And we'll work our way into what that means Motivation that. Yep, and exactly. action. And... Um, cool. So so we're, we're liking the idea of the French Revolution type I mean, area, I right? do. Yeah. I'm 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 game. I the only thing that I would like to say is just an idea that I don't know if this would make him super weird or not, um, but it could affect his backstory. Something that I thought would be interesting if we wanted to change the fact that right he's headless, like that's his gimmick. Yeah, he's like the headless horseman. His shtick. His shtick. What if rather than being the headless horseman, he was this Frankenstein-like entity that didn't have any body parts, but that rebuilt himself by taking off body parts of living people. Like it's a very big shtick. It's a very big shtick. I don't know. Kind of like from the mummy where like he, right. he yeah. sucks out different, like, like I need skin. I mean, that's nuts. I mean, basically that's what happens. Where he, his jaw goes like unhinged. He goes, <laughs> and he just takes, <laughs> Sucks your eyeballs out or Great. sucks your skin off. Great or, noises we're making. <laughs> um, um, I don't. I don't know because I. Part of the thing that I kind of like about the headless horseman is that it's like. He he lost his head. He needs a new one, like that's that's what he's all about. Whereas, I lost. So you like that part I, of him. I lost all my body, so now I'm gonna go get all these different pieces from all the, all these different people. I it's I like don't know Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but. I, I, I don't know spirit. how I feel about it, is how, where I'm at. It's like uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Yes. He makes a skin suit. Oh, yeah. Fair. Yeah. Uh, fair. Out of all the ladies he takes. All yeah. the, well, not all of them. Different parts. He takes different lady parts for each one. Anyway. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> from the separate women ladies, that he has kidnapped. He makes one suit. One skin suit. One Spoilers. Skin Just suit. kidding. That's very We're common not knowledge. who does it. It's an old movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's common knowledge. Um, um, well then, I do really enjoy the French Revolutionary background because it provides a like starting point from which we can say that he would lose his head in like a very believable way. I think I want to keep the creepy, scary. Anyone could kind of be a victim, though. Like I don't yeah. really want him to be almost heroic. Okay. Like I like. I like maybe bringing in some some banshee elements, okay. right? Where the banshee is not necessarily good or evil, mm-hmm. but rather when the banshee cries, someone dies, and that's not necessarily ever seen as a good or bad thing. It's just like when this happens, this happens, right? Right. right? So so the horn is like when he blows his horn, this happens. It's not like oh, I'm warning you guys. It's just something that happens when he blows his horn. Someone will be injured in the hunt. With with that version, with the or dramatic killed. version. Right. right, right. And so I think maybe to keep kind of that creepiness, that scariness, mm-hmm. maybe when he was killed in the French Revolution, he didn't he doesn't go to the countryside. He 
kind of Jack Rippery roams the shadowy streets, like at night, at the witching hour, at 3 a.m., the streets of, of, of Paris, and he's searching for the descendants of the revolutionaries that killed him. Well, and, and I wanted to touch on that, because as far as historical themes go with French Revolution, um, I mean, one of the big questions is, like, who's in the wrong, right? Because uh, the, the, the revolutionaries are rising up and, and committing mass atrocities, killing oh, yeah. tons of people. Horrendous acts. Um, because they have been oppressed and beaten down, on not just, like, been beaten down, but, like, they've been, like not tortured isn't the right word but they've i mean uh societally um completely downtrodden oh, i don't even know how to oppressed. say that in like it's yeah terribly devalued dehumanized and so it's these common people as a mass rising up and saying no like we're people and so we're going to take back our humanity by taking your humanity. Your humanity. Right. right. Yeah. And then, and then, you don't deserve it. And so the question like uh, that historical scholars have, have debated about is, okay, so are, are they like the ethically responsible ones? I mean, there's a ton of stuff that goes into that, but, or is it the, their aristocracy, the rich people that have forced this life and thus this choice or this uh, context of this choice onto these people. So anyway, I was thinking, what if the headless horseman, used to like it's originally like from the countryside and it has known that life and has been from that life and he uh said maybe he's a farmer or other tradesman or something and he's bringing in his goods to to uh to paris to sell and it's uh when all of this is happening and he gets like his like appearance um his face is really what i'm thinking his face gets um mistook mistaken uh for uh, the face of an aristocratic, uh, oh. like child or, or or person. Dude, there were no trials. Like, right? It, no, it was you, just you get oh, like accused, like, oh, you're a merchant. Like, cool. That's it. So, what if he gets uh, confused with this other person, and his ghostly self that arises out of that doesn't know which one he is. The, it doesn't like doesn't it, know the, whether the persona. he's part of the aristocrats or part right. of the downtrodden and so bourgeois. In in searching to find that nope. identity, nope, that's not the right opposite. Yep, proletariat. Bourgeois, yeah, proletariat. Yes, yes. Bourgeois. Bourgeois. <laughs> 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 in searching to find that identity, what if he like not not completely indiscriminately, but sort of uh, samples from both groups of individuals. And I was thinking both from the countryside and roaming the streets of Paris and other places around France and then right. maybe spreading outward and beyond. And that's... Well, maybe it's not even like his his ghost is confused, but rather, I mean, he he was like picked by this uprising right. to like as a... Um, what they thought to be an upper member of society. Right, a member of that class. Right. But he's also a farmer. So right. he identified with the people that killed him. Yeah. So rather than maybe his ghost is confused, maybe he died in confusion. Like, I am a part of this movement, but this movement just killed me. Right? Almost like a, not only is it a violent death, like a horrible violent death, but also your soul and emotions are in turmoil. Too. So he died in right. a completely tumultuous state. 
which would then lead him to maybe revolt and seek revenge on both sides. Right. You know? Ooh, what if, what if kind of like you were saying before about the headless horseman uh, taking different body parts, what if it's he, he, like every time that some, a new sighting happens, it's, uh, it like alternates. So it'll be like one time, like the, say the first sighting of, of the headless horseman in, in Paris is in, in, in uh, Paris, France. And they see this headless, uh, uh, like farm farm boy body, but he's going after like a uh, a uh, board like businessman. Yeah, like a businessman for their head. Next time you see him, it's that businessman's body going after a farm boy's head, or like the or like, oh, so like the ghost or commoner's head. The so ghost. it's the body of the past victim. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. And it, and like that's a really but, weird. But twist the, the victim, he's always going after their head, right? And always ends up with their body. Their body, and that's never gets their head. I like that. That's really cool. Well, and that, yeah. So yeah, and uh, just to clarify, is this happening in modern times? I'd like it. Too. I I think it happens throughout history. I think I think it happens throughout since history. The, Events since, since the, the event, event. It happens throughout history. And I think that's also part of uh, if if we're going with our canon sort of thing, then that that helps uh, propagate the different but very similar rumors about the headless horseman. Is uh, a what if he for some reason uh, or not for any reason really starts branching out outside of Paris, outside of France, and keeps moving? Or um, what if there's uh, because of all these different sightings of different bodied individuals, individual, and the story is who is this muddied. person? Is it multiple people? And it just keeps spreading out about it. And um, I like it. Hence the legend hence traveling the legend. everywhere and exactly. being different, embodying different things, and right. yet similar. Yeah. So because I mean, because it's the headless horseman, but who is the headless horseman? Right. In India, he was an old prince. Right. In Britain, he was an old soldier. So, but I, I would, I would say maybe he always is in France, but just tales about it, like yeah, legends, well, legends. That's kind of what I'm thinking too. Mm-hmm. I think I don't think it's just in France, but in and around. Um, I'm thinking Paris. Yeah, Paris. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking like. Not just in Paris, not just no. not just dead center of the no, city, around. but it said the whole surrounding like a significant area. area. Yeah, yeah. So like you could be, you you wouldn't be safe from the headless horseman by traveling the dirt roads and the the countryside because sometimes he's out there. Also, I'd like to think that uh, say say somebody tried to track all the different sightings and like establish a radius and like the edge of the radius sort of thing, uh, but it like wouldn't work like that because it wouldn't be like a circle. It would be a changing shape all the time. Like his his sphere of influence around Paris, it wouldn't literally be a, a circle. A circle right. It would be a constantly transforming different yeah. area that he just goes into in that area. But seems to be based out of Paris. Yeah, generally. Seems to be. Mm. Appears to be. Because I think I think that would add to the scary factor of it, you know, because if you knew, okay, the headless horseman um, appears at X time within a fifty mile radius of the center of Paris or the, wherever he was beheaded, right. wherever that may be. Um, then at all times you could say, "All right, well, full moon's coming out next week. Let's be not. Let's in just Paris. leave. Yeah, right. And so I think the idea that like 
if you're anywhere in France, who knows? He'll, he'll he, he, he could, could get you. you. Yeah. Right. Which I mean, yeah, you could leave the country, but at the same time, like, how reasonable is? That? Yeah. How reasonable? Especially if we're talking it uh, since at this point we're still talking kind of historically about this. Then, yeah. Then that's really not reasonable. Up, up until now, maybe. But also now, yeah. people are a lot more skeptical. Yeah. People don't really believe as much in such yeah. things. Or Up until the last stuff. 50 years, it'd be someone's head's cut off as a murder. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, right. this person was killed. Yeah, oh, part of that, gang violence. It was an accident. Or, or an accident, yeah. Oh, it was, especially if it's like in a train station or something, like where there's like fast moving or like industrial equipment or something. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, another accident. Yeah. Whereas, mm, so a couple questions. Catch the fish Just to, just to yeah. go back. Um, when he was killed... Yeah. I kind of have this picture of the execution going wrong. Like, also making it doubly violent. Making Ooh. him, like, nearly headless Nick. Yeah. They didn't quite behead him the first time. Where the blade yeah. was dull and they it didn't cut. Well, that, Hauled it back up, didn't cut. Like, we know for a fact that that happened oh, yeah. so often. Because oh, yeah. the blade got so dulled by how many heads it had to oh, chop. Oh, they through. used it constantly. Constantly. Yeah. yeah. And so, just like any knife, it's I going mean, to be dulled. I mean, if... It, I mean, even if we assumed, which is wrong, that the blade got sharpened every morning before 8 a.m., nope. like, if he's going in at 3, nope. No. He's, nope. But I wonder, but I want it to be almost, because we know that happened, right? And this is my gruesome brain coming out, but I want it also to kind of be different. Like, something about it was different than just, like, don't get me wrong, it's horrible oh, that, awful. Yeah. that that happened to people. But something should be a little bit more horrible about the Headless Horseman's one. Like, not only was he betrayed by who he identified with. Right. He was identified as someone he actively fought against mm-hmm. and denied. Or right. at least or someone at least that did he... did not like. I mean, he identified with the people that fought against the person he was identified as. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And now to cement that turmoil and tension, his death wasn't pretty. What if... What if the the guillotine blade broke in half when it like when it killed him? Like like down the middle vertically. Hmm. But it still cut his head off? Yep. Could. It could after a couple more drops yeah. still do the job. I mean it'd still be a sharp blade, it's just split. I'm thinking it like left pieces behind in his neck and like those are like sticking out and stuff and that's like part of the gruesomeness of when you see the headless horseman huh it's like there are shards of a guillotine blade in that where his head at the base of where his head should be of the neck or maybe when it was coming down the track broke and it landed in his lower back or his upper back rather than like his neck and then they just had to swoop in and like hack his head off Ooh. they came in with an axe or a sword or yeah, something to just finish the job. So when, uh, ooh, and that would be a really interesting too. If it, if, yeah, if, I, I like that idea I'm way more. Equal parts creeped out, but also like really liking this kind of ghost <laughs> yeah, <right>. story. <laughs> I like that. I like that idea way more, especially because, yeah, as we said, he takes the body of his last victim, right? But what if every time that happens, whenever the, you, you see him next of, with that new body of the victim, um, the clothes on his back, the shirt or, or whatever, or like are ripped, cut apart cut. and. And or like, like a that. singular cut across the back or something. I imagine it's not clean. So even if it's a single cut, it's not necessarily going to look like a single cut because the guillotine blade probably wasn't going to be like a 
sharp woost hoff knife that's just oh yeah 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 but i nice mean like incision it's so. you can see like it's not like someone just took a knife to his back it's right. like there's a bar or a line of something that happened yeah. cool and a question that i have is he often it's excuse me at least in um american folklore about him often is wearing like a cape and stuff like that mm. are we keeping no that capes. Well, I mean, I'm thinking no if capes. he takes on the form of whoever he killed last. Right, then if they had a cape, then maybe. Sure, maybe. Yeah, which would be why the American one had it, because when the American visiting France saw him, Ooh. he had a cape. And then he, well, then that dude died, and then he had a cape. Well, no, he had to make it back to America to tell the tale. Oh, that's true. But, okay, so that was my other, was my first question, his death. But now also, my next question is, what does he use? Like, and how, how does he kill his I, victims? I kind of so I I watched a play about the legend of Sleepy Hollow like when I was like nine or whatever, and what I liked was there wasn't any sort of blade or anything that like anything that the headless horseman used, and I kind of I I, I kind of like that idea that what if it's like his hands, like he literally like just like snatches people's heads off, like, just takes them off with his hands, like he like pulls their they he just rips their heads off yikes i don't know i kind of want it to be reminiscent of his death you know yeah like he's I, yeah, I get he's, that he, he's he's pulling from that a guillotine so, blade affixed like a, a scythe i kind of want that's what i was thinking too maybe like but maybe not a scythe maybe like on the end of a dead tree branch Right, mm. and so it's this makeshift axe that he's got coming through. Well, what did they cut his head off the first time with? Because it wasn't the guillotine, right? Meat cleaver. <sighs> I mean, this is so gr- brutal. Yeah, <laughs> oh my God. Right. Well, I mean, so what, what would they have what, had? What was the common the common thing at the time? I mean, they talked about probably a lot, just been an axe. Yeah, a lot of times you, when you hear about it, it's um, it's talking about the beheading of royalty. Mm-hmm. And when they didn't use the guillotine, they used a silver sword because the silver sword was supposed to be painless, right? And that was that was the big thing is if you were ki- if you were he- were he- head if your head was cut off with a silver sword, it didn't hurt. Oh well, right. He's a commoner though. He's a commoner, so he wouldn't have the silver. Well, he's sword. a commoner that was seen as royalty, well, but this is in is... the middle of the yeah, square. But they also wouldn't give a rip no. about whether he hurt or not no. during this, right? So I'm thinking literally just like a the, rusty axe. A rusty axe. Is Probably somebody, axe. some guys would cut an axe. But here's what I here's what I want that's terrifying. I want him if like he's kind of, I want him to be, like, I don't want him to be uh, uh, Mike Myers like where he just kind of walks everywhere like slowly no. towards his Look, target. Yeah. Keep keep him on his horse. I, I like the horse. You want him to be on a horse? I, the you, what were you gonna on? say? I like I like the horse. I kind of want him to be. On a pig. No. <laughs> no. A llama. Um, yes. Like, if he, he could run at people, I think that'd be terrifying. And if he, and so this is what the ultimately what I want. I want him, when he touches you, you feel this sharp pain down the middle of your back. Like from when the guillotine hit him. Okay. And that paralyzes you in pain. And then he finishes And you. then he cuts your head off. With whatever. With probably an axe. With a rusty yeah. axe. With a, oh, gross. So, like... You feel that sharp pressure, pain, and then he kills you. Right. I I I think that general like like when he when someone first sees him or whatever, he should still be on the horse or something or like he he's known for being the horseman. 
Um, and maybe it's like this like skeleton horse that, that was the horse that was like carrying his goods into market that day or whatever to tie that all in. Um, but I'm down with like he never he never kills while on the horse, which is not as common according to the traditional legend about him. Often he's like riding full gallop and then swings the whatever and then well, yeah yeah. And a lot but, of times you're run down by his horse. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, I but I Sleepy like Hollow, the idea of by the horse. And no, in uh, in the. Uh, about that woman. It was German in the German yeah. folklore. In the German folklore, that she's woman one of the versions. Right. Yeah. yeah, but I like the idea that what if the horse like assists him in like blocking paths and stuff, and then well, he if dismounts. Well, the horse is still hooked up to the cart, the ghost cart, the creaky right. ghost cart. It could just show up ex machina in like runaway places, and and then he dismounts and. You're See, done. I like Dansky. so when I'm when I when I picture him right, I picture typically. He's in my head. He's always, almost always, a nobleman for whatever reason, right? Mm-hmm. So he's got he's got the the nice jacket, the with, frills. Yeah, well, <laughs> less frills, more like um, one like an upturned collar that comes around. So kind you can of see the cut. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you you, you can see what's going left on. the imagination. Yeah, and it's it's typically darker clothing, and then his horse is this. He's self conscious about it. Yeah, so th- <laughs> nervous. Yeah. So nervous all the time. <laughs> oh my god, guys. Um, and the horse, typically, in, in my mind, is this black black stallion, typically. I imagine um, the horse like that, but right. maybe a little bit slightly rotting or maybe, something. Yeah, maybe like darker eyes. And, and yeah. the mane is this, it always looks like it's underwater, maybe. Yeah. And it's always yeah. flo- flowing. No, that's the same. Um, and, I mean, maybe even at the ends, turning into ash or something Ooh, like, like that. And so, uh, as as he runs, there's this ash behind him Ooh, as, as he's good. as he's as he's being as he's chasing people down the street. That's and, a good visual. Um, the horse's hooves make a distinct noise as he's running. So you, when Ooh. when he's chasing his victims, as he passes his, your house, you know what he's if it on the doesn't hunt. sound like horse hooves? Mm-hmm. What if it sounds like the guillotine blade, like hitting hitting, hitting the, block. the block, or a, or a, or like, an axe hitting or the block, metal clanging along the floor or something. Well, kind of like a well, that would be pretty reminiscent of uh, shoot horse hooves, yeah, running right. Mm-hmm. I I like the idea, like the like the hollow block blade hit yeah. of an axe or the guillotine, is what which I was thinking. in you know in modern times would sound like a garbage truck. Yep, <laughs> essentially, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. So you'd be like, well, I don't, know. yeah. You're being real noisy out there. Well, I see. I like the idea that darn kids, you can hear him. Mm-hmm. Right, and and you you know this noise is the horseman, right? Uh, as he passes your door at night, chasing someone, you know, oh, that person's done. Can also, he, something that he... we haven't said is he, he never goes into people's houses. That's what I was just about to say. Can he enter homes? I think no. I've never imagined In that. In Sleepy or Hollow, heard he's that. not. Like if no. you if you get over the bridge, you're safe. Yeah, you can. Right. You can't cross you the bridge. Get away from him. I yeah. like the idea that I like the idea that he can go in any street, any alley, anywhere, but not into a home. Can't enter. Can't enter buildings. Any building uh, or just homes. I think he can't go through a closed door. Yeah. Like if there's a portcullis, yeah, so he no, could run through. So it. if you left your door right. open, you're oh in yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's it's best to lock your doors at night. Yeah. Well, not even you can just close it. Yeah. Like he yeah, won't he open won't a closed open door. It. Still better to lock your doors at night. And <laughs> my, That's my, just my, my go back to his uh, former like uh, like what's the word 
pleasantries. Right. Manners. Right. His mannerisms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Huh. But that's that's another part of his persona is that he he doesn't he doesn't invade your privacy too right. much. <laughs> so, does he make a noise when he um, materializes? Oh, materializes. I think when he kills people, he makes a noise of chopping a head. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, when he mat- when he materializes, does he step out of something? Does he make a noise and you know he's there? Um, does he come in a fog? Like, what does that look like when he first appears at night? I feel like you don't really see that. Like, right. you, like you're, like, you just, I'm in, you I'm in Paris and there. I round a corner and I suddenly hear, like, nearby, as mm-hmm. if it has been there all this time and I just stumbled into it. Right. Like, the of the horse's hooves or whatever. Yeah. Like, he's somehow already there before me. Okay. So, it's more like he sees me than right. I see him. He's no the ability to materialize before you get Which there. makes right. him even more terrifying. So we never see his arrival. No, he's just always He's always there. He's, he's always, always there. Hanging out on the streets, on the road, wherever. I think I might be. like like signs of his arrival. Like other than just the horse hooves. Like during the preceding hours sort of maybe. thing? Maybe. Like maybe if you're in the streets, like running water down the drains turns red. Ooh. Or like like little water patches near the near where he's going to appear or whatever Mm -hmm. maybe turn red i'd like to imagine that's the near the area would still be a pretty significantly sized area just for the spook the spook yeah the spook factor like it's not all the way across france no no No, but it's it's just like like in this general but it's it's a decently sized a few miles it's it's also not like blood red square it's tinted so you're like is the light just doing something maybe like, like it's like a cloudy red? the like, rest of his blade like maybe <laughs> like you could look at it and be like oh that doesn't look like water i'm not going to drink that but also that doesn't look like any type of red liquid i've ever seen right. before so it's just kind of a tinted off color like red off like it's a reflection of mm-hmm. something red mm-hmm. okay or then if you're in the countryside maybe it's the I don't know, maybe the... I mean, do you want, like, a spoopy thing to me would be, like, like, there's, a, like, the well, the middle of it. So if you're looking, like, down into the well of water, and you can see the top of the water, and you can even see, like, say, a few feet down before it gets too dark in the water, um, in the center of that circle of the water, it just starts to diffuse outward in like black or like dark like maybe dark gray or black or something like from the middle outward just suddenly starts to coalesce into that Hmm. until eventually like when he again not arrives exactly because he's like it's 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 as if he was there the like before you he was there the entire time sort of thing but like when the well is completely black He's there. Like he he has been there. So like at the that w- point. the water darkens mm-hmm. with his like the closer you are to him. Uh, no, his coming. The closer that he. Oh, like before he's boom there. Right. Yeah. Then like before hours he ma- he's been This is like like right. Okay. S- like seven hours before. Right. So it's they not... see like the first like beginnings of the black starting to like like form in the center of the pool of water, right. and they're yeah. like, oh, okay, it's time to prepare. So it's not a distancing, it's a time thing. It's and via storytelling structure, no one's ever around to see when it turns exactly black. Yeah, no, right. It, it could have been a minute ago. Yeah. It could have been 10 minutes later. It might not yeah. have actually 
gone fully yeah, black yet, but you think it might cloud, have. But you yeah. don't know when it's. You don't know. Oh. You don't know the moment. You don't know exactly right. when he has appeared. Right. So we. But, which is perfect for the. We don't see him arrive. Right. You know. Um, okay. Do we? It, does he arrive on a regular basis? Do we know that he comes with the full moon? Do we know that he comes with this, or is it just on any given night he may ride? I kind of like the any given night, well, but more we, nights are, like, certain nights are more likely, maybe? Based on the story? Or it was every Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I like year. Halloween. Well, it doesn't have to be Halloween. Maybe it could be the day of his death. Right. Or it could be... The day of his birth. Maybe the, weird. the official Christmas. end Christmas. of the French <laughs> Revolution. Or maybe it occurs every time... I don't know. I want it to be yearly. I want it to be. So you don't want it to be more than just annually. No, because if I, if it's more than that, then it starts to get epidemic wise. Like the police get involved. Something's yeah. weird. It gets but a little if it's bit a too year, known. It needs like, to remain unknown. I see. I I kind of like the idea that it happens more often. Right. Um, I don't know, just because that adds to the scary for me. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't fear something that happens once a year, except on that day. Right? Like if it's a specific day, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. it's going to so happen. It's going to happen here. I'll just, I'll just leave. Yeah. I'll just shut my doors. Yeah. You know, but I mean, if it's, if it's something else, if it's something a little bit, I just won't leave the house. I guess more like than, yeah. I never do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> makes, so I'll just, it's going to be Tuesday for me. <laughs> what makes Sleepy Hollow scary is that it's once a year in a small town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. In a forest where you have to go through to get in and out. Right, which making that comparable in this case, I think is a little bit more difficult. Because it's so expansive. Yeah, it's it's huge. The area that we have spanned is gi- mm-hmm. gigantic. I would say then more than once a year, but less than every week. So once a month, maybe. I think even less. Or, yeah, I'm thinking less than like that. once every three months max. Once a quarter. Mm-hmm. Like it's quarterly reaping, but it's yeah, not, right. <laughs> but it's not like it's once every three months. It's like in a three month span. Typically, that time there's maybe yeah. yeah. So you might have one in May and one in June, but not another one until like September, October, or later. Like mm-hmm. it's unpredictable. It needs to be unpredictable. Right. My only concern is just as this as this legend progresses and as time draws on, like crime solving tools and stuff they would start to see some sort of pattern like these people are dying the same way and although they're spread out i don't know i guess he would just i mean i'm okay with making it a conspiracy thing too where like yeah people like like the the law enforcement in france totally knows about this but there's nothing they can do about it and so what would what would you do i mean so you're you're the head of interpol right so you're you're taking on all major major events like this, uh, and you know that approximately once a quarter somebody dies in a way that is borderline serial killer. But it's over the space of all of France, and and it's been like more been, or less documented for like a yeah, hundred and fifty years for or almost more. two centuries, like. I guess it could be alternate, you know, where they accept it. Yeah. And they almost get to a degree where they know if they see it, it's not a serial killer. 
<laughs> like, yeah. yeah, this is not a copycat killer or this isn't a serial killer. This is the thing. Yeah, right. Like, we know the signs of what this looks like. This is, like, because you will have copycats. You'll have, yep. like, it, 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 in a world where this is going on, you're going to have copycats. The copycats, I'd like to think that, like, those do get caught by the police yeah. forces eventually. Oh, yeah. And now yeah. with CCTV, seeing, like... Yeah. That, yeah, and then they just blur out the footage because, like, public doesn't... Yeah, sightings are pass. constant. Well, not constant, but sightings They're happen. frequent. Yeah, and with how much we, we we document things, you can hear him running by and you pull out your phone and record him out your window, right? Like, yeah. you see him chasing somebody down Yeah, down the street. And especially if we're... Uh, since we're bringing this now in the, in, the, in the conversation here toward more modern times, uh, another thing, historically, we know for a fact is that the average human being spends way more time indoors than they used to like we we spend so much more of our lives inside of our houses or in work indoors than people used to on average so i mean it'd be it it, an interesting thing to uh speculate on would be in france specifically they're most aware of this Mm -hmm. um then uh maybe like outdoor laborers might be like more highly highly paid or like insured and stuff like that. Right, people who are going to be outside. It would affect like the economy. Like and nightly stuff like that. road crews get yeah. mad money because they know that they there's know a possibility one of you will happen. disappear every quarter. Yeah, like it's uh, thinking about other like little but big things that this would change. I mean, it would change politics. It would oh, it would change, change all kinds of things. All all, all sorts of stuff. It so. would like curfews would start being put in place like you and need like to be inside. accepted it right. w- and it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be pro- i don't even think it would be like like law enforcement enforced it would just be like you're gonna be inside i don't like, think you'd have to you, you, you wouldn't have to enforce it because because the horseman does yeah. it for you yeah exactly <laughs> yeah because well because being outside at this point a danger to yourself it's just does, like, like this is a, this is a risk that you're dumb. taking yeah does he only attack at night i think so i think have him attack in broad daylight or in mm. like in dark weather or something like that, which that's pr- unpredictable. And so, like, what if you do have like a sudden like thunderstorm? Oh, it, it comes during the thunderstorm in the right. middle of the day where it it, it gets dark. Clouds but it, are thick but, like, enough. It has to be dark. I right. think. It just eh, it's, a little more it's, shadowed. It's, it's spooky. I like that. Mm-hmm. But that still adds like it it could happen in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. So now another that changes another thing. People are more aware of like of the weather report and keeping track of yeah. in their weather area. people are now like safeguards oh yeah. man you're the lifeguard of the se- of the town and yeah. if you if you call a storm you're, wrong you're the, the oh man patrol, really yeah oh my Dude. gosh this creates this a is the world. coolest yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all centered around one character one, that became real yeah one, also one entity probably, i mean over time especially i think that France's population would just start going down because people would leave. I think it would like, dwindle as people well. People would move out of the country. Would Do you think he would evolve? Or do you think he would just... Now we have a country that nobody lives in. I think it would become... Ev- like <laughs> like a thousand years from now. Yeah. It would become like... A, not Sort of a wasteland. A ghost, ghost country. No man's you land. enter on pain of risk of death. Yeah, you I mean, like, at your own risk. France is bigger than just Paris. Yeah. Like, even if the area of influence around don't, Paris... you don't know how, where he, like, exactly yeah. goes. Yeah. I, it thought, I thought we stated he could he could strike pretty much anywhere in France. Right. But I would say that even if he could strike really anywhere in France, his area of influence kind of has a limit. 
Right. Like, I don't think you would we, find... We would, just don't know what it is. Right, yeah. you wouldn't find him at the border. Right. Yeah, so, right. Striking yeah, people down as they walk right, in. Right, yeah. right. It, it might become, like, this like, dead like zone. Chernobyl. Like, yeah, right. like Chernobyl. So he takes... Paris. All right, so we've decided he takes one person approximately every quarter about on I mean, un, un... Yeah. Indistinguishable... Indistinguishable? Indistinguishable? Yes, that word, amount of times. Like, just, just different varying time limits on when he strikes mm-hmm. and we know that he typically goes back and forth between mm-hmm. the upper class which and would the lower also class which would change change society as well in that especially in that area mm-hmm. that'd be Does he ever attack middle class people? I mean there's kind of, I mean the the in the French Revolution it was kind of this idea that there was two classes which mm-hmm. wasn't strictly the case yeah. but it was really like it was the aristocracy. Yeah. The one percenters, right. and then everyone—the rich and the poor, or the like, rich and all, all others. and everybody else. Yeah. I think this would also—I I don't know—I'm going to so many different thoughts about it, but like homeless people in France, like they would now be in danger more than just from the elements and yeah. living outside. Like no, they're now they a target. Would, they would probably uh, yeah, like other strike. make a pilgrimage out of the country permanently. I mean. I, I, if they could, if they can, yeah, if like, they can, I they, don't that, that would there. be like the goal to get yeah. out of the country. Find my way over to Berlin. Modern France would be different. Modern France would know be different. It. Yeah, when it first, when this, when the headless horseman first started, maybe not. Mm-mm. It would take. It would take a long time. It would take a, a second, It would take but... a long, like probably decades on well, decades. I think. I think we'd have especially changes. because the information exchange back then wasn't anything like today, and so just cataloging and documenting this in a consistent manner to show evidence of like oh this is a thing like this is a person that or like a entity that yeah. exists and is act- um, actively doing this yeah even though the, the chances of you getting struck are infinitely small uh like one in population size essentially mm-hmm. of, yeah. of france um i i think people wouldn't take that risk people people carry weapons on them to go hiking and backpacking because there's dangers out there, even though those dangers are so very small. Like the chance of you bumping into a bear are are ridiculously tiny. Right. However, it happens. It happens. And people take precautions based on that yep. to severe extremes sometimes. So I I don't think this is too out of the question to say that. Mm. There's a different. question. Modern times, after all this has happened, have they developed a way to defend against the horsemen, to protect themselves? Even for like a moment or something? Shut or is your it door. Just, no, I mean like you're walking around outside and there's a sudden storm and like you hear him coming and you are and you can't get inside. I don't think so. His axe goes can. through literally anything. Well, I don't think he just phases through walls. But I think he, if he can just appear randomly, he can like jump around. Yeah, so you can. he can be behind you. You turn down an alleyway, and he's at the other end of that alleyway. Right. Then you okay. leave the alleyway, and he's coming back down the front way from at you. One last question for me, and then I think I'm good with this horseman, so long as we can answer this final question for me. Um, tents, do they count as uh, door-closed homes? No. So tents, you're not safe. You so have to be you, you in, can't go in a building with a dedicated What about doorway. a yurt? Where do we draw the line? <laughs> I think, no. I think I think it's... It's reminiscent of maybe one of the of some of the last things he saw when he was alive, like homes with closed doors, 
the people that he had counted as allies looking out through the windows at him, mm. okay. seeing him die. Like, no one came to his aid. I'm just thinking, like, there there is a thin line somewhere there. Like, there's, yeah, fair. Like, it's, at some point, the home the is not a home. I, I think it's got to be a... That could change architecture over time. That's a weird thing to think about. Yeah, it would Like, be. eventually. I think it has to be a set, permanent doorway mm. with with okay. a solid door. Not something mm. that can be changed or, or blown altered over. quickly. Yeah. I think my last thing I'd like to say is maybe, maybe decrease attack times to twice a year. That's what, kind of what I'm thinking, too. Only two times a year. Two times a year, but it's still random within those Who two times. Who knows when it could happen. So it could happen, one, it could happen June 6th and June 7th. But it could also happen January 12th and December August 14th. Or whatever, yeah. Right. I, like I that. You know, I... Because I just want it to be... I want it to be often enough that it's scary mm-hmm. and unpredictable, but not so often that it's almost seen as commonplace. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I don't like the idea that um, after the second time, you don't have to worry for the rest of the year. You know, like two attacks happen in January. Uh, the yeah, rest I of the year, I don't like the idea that like you knew quota thing either. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree in that sense. So I mean, maybe they're well, maybe they're spread out more. I do kind of like that though. If it if it happened twice, you're good to be outside for a little bit. But if if you're like if you're not keeping track of your calendar, but I what I'm saying is I not and then, I, I'm with Nick on that that I I like the idea of the uncertainty of when when is the start and end of the year for the horsemen and it being like a revolving thing that changes so it is like it it averages out to two times per year, but what that actually looks like is constantly being modified by the horsemen like you just. It just yeah. changes. So I think last thing I'll say, and then maybe this is something left up to the listeners to decide what okay. would be best. But I just think symbolically, if it's two times a year, that's a bourgeois and a proletariat. Ooh, that's mm. true too. But also symbolically, then it makes it creepy now in that New Year's Day is a time of mourning, not celebration. Right. Ooh, because that's I a new, like that. it's a Ooh, new like year that. and a new cycle of slaughter. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't know when. It could be tomorrow. It could be January 2nd. Right. You could have, we could have people back to You're back. right. No, I do like yeah. that. You're right. I'm on board with but that. But then there's this almost like morbid, creepy sense of blessing where like if it happens January 2nd and 3rd, like the rest of the year we're free. Yeah, we can do, we can do anything. Thank goodness we're done. For a whole year. For a whole year. What if like, which, but, which ev- probably what if like one right in every 10 years he does three and you have no idea which year it is? Maybe. Just because, whatever. I don't know. A random strike. I just like ha- having some unpredictability in there too. I, I really like what you're saying. I just I do like some unpredictability. I don't know. The more the more we talk about it, the more I'm on board. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> so maybe listeners at home, you take our arguments and decide for yourselves. But I think we've done a really good job of keeping creepy, but maybe adding to the lore a little bit. Maybe even oh, yeah. our own guy. We never named him, so if you want to name him and create a backstory, that'd be awesome. But we did kind of lay out the outline, but. Anyway, uh, that's it for this episode, this uh, spoopy, spoopy time. Um, I'm sure there's more spoopy episodes to follow with October and all that stuff. But yeah, I think we'll shoot for a few more. Yeah, it should be rocking. Maybe even another Halloween special this year. That'd Who knows? be cool. Maybe. But yeah, so uh, this is the end of the episode. <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> you can find us on all the socials. 
Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm usually searching Papa Pock Podcast, P-O-P-A-P-O-C Podcast. Uh, we've got some rocking pictures up on the Instagram. Got some funny stuff on our Twitter. And uh, we'd love to get to hear from you guys and interact with you. Um, it's just awesome to get conversation going, especially about how we can improve our episodes and how maybe you would have changed the characters if you had been here in this space. Um, what you would have done different, what you didn't like, what you liked, all that stuff. Getting the dialogue going is awesome to create a community of people invested in making characters better. Um, also, you can reach us on our website. Uh, same thing, popapoc or popularpocrypha.com or popularpocrypha podcast. I don't know what it is. P-O-P-A-P-O-C.com. P-O-P-A-P-O-C.com. I've got so many P-O-P-A-P-O-C words in my brain, I sometimes forget. But you can reach us there, send us feedback through that platform, also find all our podcasts, and you can find all our podcasts on basically anywhere you listen, Stitcher, Blueberry, um, Apple, all that stuff. So I think with that, that's the Headless Horseman. I believe so. Yeet. Wow. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> It's it's a coin collecting thing. You wouldn't get it.